How do you keep all the glens straight in scotch? Uh, yeah, there's so many. You got to like mentally black out the glen and just think about what comes after that. <laughs> uh, if if I ever opened a scotch distillery, it would be called Glengarry Glen Ross. <laughs> and it scotches would be coffee for closers. Scotches for closers. <laughs> you know what? Third place is you're fired. <laughs> a podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm also Jake. And tonight we are talking about maximizing value for your mm-hmm. dollar in terms of whiskey. Yeah, so we are all drinking something over $200 tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, define that for us, Jake. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot lately about alternatives to tater bottles or um, ultra age statements. Um, so we wanted to kind of follow that up with um, getting like the best bang for your buck out of bourbon um, and whiskey in general, I guess. Um, so we're going to be talking about um, like some of our go-tos that are, we feel are worth the price of uh, the flavor that you get out of the bourbon. I would say that for their price range, they weigh out, they weigh out punch a lot of the other things in that price range. Right. Fair. Definitely. Yeah. So just, I think uh, we wanted to talk about a couple stories before we jump into the whiskey that we're drinking tonight. Did yeah, we? Cu- yeah, sure. What do we got? <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> by a couple, well, I mean it, like probably one. But <laughs> yeah, no, I got two small ones that were fun that we didn't talk about yet is Buffalo Trace has a small, very small sample size of peated bourbon. coming Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure the price tag on it. I'm not sure who's all going to be able to get it. But you know, what's funny is uh, the day they announced that we had somebody come in the store and ask for it and say they, they saw it on Buffalo Trace's site. Was did was that Jake? No, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. <laughs> he knows better. <laughs> no, interesting concept. So their master distiller it does a lot of stuff. They don't, I mean, they have their mash bill that they stick to. And really the only thing they did with the peated was they took out the malted barley and put in peated barley. And they're going to have that come out. So they're not, I mean, it's not a single malt by any standard. It's one of their... Uh, I'm guessing it's mash bill one from Buffalo trace. Cause it's just called Buffalo trace peated bourbon. Um, so that's, that's gotta be really lightly peated then. Well, do you guys have the Chattanooga peated bourbon? Mm-mm. No. Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think that one was like 35% malt with peated malt. Um, oh, so a little bit more. Yeah, it's pretty high, but it wasn't like totally overwhelming. And me being a peat lover, uh, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And that was like a one-time thing that they're never going to do again. Um, but I'm very interested in tasting this uh, Buffalo Trace one. Did they list the PPM on that? No. There's very no. not a ton of information that I've been able to find on it, just that they were doing a peated bourbon. 
Yeah, honestly, I would expect it to be very low because, uh, you know, obviously with scotch, you're using 100% malt and they're probably, if they're sticking with their normal mash bill, just using 5% malt, 10% malt. 5 to 10 is what it sounds like. Um, So it's interesting because you are seeing a lot of more things pop out that are smoked. Uh, I remember uh, what last summer Whistlepig and Traeger had their smoked whiskey come out. Yeah, uh, I know when we were down at um, the Hard Truth, they had a room where they were like a smokehouse that they just were holding barrels in. Uh, yeah. So you're seeing more and more people add smoke. So if this must be there, instead of adding smoke, we're just going to add peat to get the smokiness out of it that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think just kind of just, you know, a little more experimentation. This is probably going to come out in those 375 experimental bottles that they put out. Um, and we'll be lucky if we see a bottle of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, they're just, they have that one rickhouse, uh, the cooled rickhouse. Um, and then actually I have a picture on my phone of the peated barrel. Um, you guys have probably seen it right when you walk in that first warehouse uh, across from the gift shop. They have like... 20 experimental barrels right there. Um, And one of them clearly is labeled peated bourbon. Mm -hmm. So I'd imagine. It's interesting. Just trying to stay ahead of the game and do new things, you know? Yeah. Cause they, they just released a Mm -hmm. Spanish Oak uh, experimental thing too. um, I think last month or the month before. Um, so yeah, it seems like they're trying some different stuff just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you're doing the same thing every day. Try some new things. Obviously single malt is getting bigger in the U S. Um, I'm not sure if Buffalo mm-hmm. trace would ever do a single malt with their, I mean, they're kind of very on their history, so they don't do a ton of big changes, but who knows? Uh, this could be their little. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have. I know they probably have some single malt aging, and I'm pretty sure that was one of the barrels with the peated bourbon that I saw. Um, a lot of the a lot of the big distilleries are going all in on the single malt thing. We've talked about this on the single malt episode before, um, and I, w- I would not be surprised if that's something that Buffalo Trace is talking about um, or thinking about as they're expanding. Yeah, I'm sure as like we've talked about multiple times the uh, looming uh, bourbon flood (laughs) that's going to show up in the market in the next like five to 10 years. I'm sure a lot of these distilleries are starting to kind of hedge their bets and start looking into the single malts and trying to get those out uh, and, and kind of diversify a little bit because the bourbon market's going to be, absolutely overcrowded if not already um but definitely in the coming years it it will be totally oversaturated yeah we could just keep drinking and that would keep the market not as saturated yeah do your part dan (laughs) i i did a very large part of that on saturday and jake saw me on uh, jake (laughs) saw me on sunday and i was still facing the ramifications of my choices that I made <laughs> on Saturday night. I, this is, I had a little bit of scotch at work today. This will be my first sip of bourbon. 
since last Saturday night, and I'm still clenching my teeth a little bit on it. <laughs> it uh, from three to eleven straight. I don't think I put my Glenn Karen down um, and just sat by a pool. Come on, that's no excuse. I would expect much better from a distiller. I'm old, man. <laughs> well, you got to tell everybody how you got upstage too. Oh yeah, so my my neighbors with the pool that I, I've met since I moved in, uh-huh. they they invited me over because I was out in the lawn doing some work and they're like, ah, come on over. They had some friends over and so I'm like, all right, I know they like Whiskey Acre stuff and he goes there a lot. So I brought a, a, a kind of a unique thing that most people aren't going to be able to find. And then I brought. Just well, what was it? Other. It was uh, the High Ride Bloody Butcher. Oh, okay. We did as an experiment. Um. And uh, so I brought that and then I brought Weller 12 over just for fun because I got it back up. It's like, yeah, bring something decent. So we have that. And then a little bit later, another one of his friends and his wife come over and he comes in the backyard carrying a Pappy 12. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So, yeah, got off stage, got out whiskey, tried to tried to play nice. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Pappy shows up. I bet you pay, paid MSRP for yours, though. Uh, totally. Hey, he got his as a gift for uh, a job that he did for somebody. Like, so someone definitely overpaid for that. Yeah. And he Probably. also was just down in uh, Lexington. And him and his buddy, he went down to Lexington at, were at uh, Justin's House of Bourbon, drinking some stuff that was pretty high-end pours. And the older guy sat down beside him and started talking to him and Ended up getting them a pretty nice pour at the bar at Justin's and then asked if they want to go out for dinner and they went to a nice steakhouse and the guy they randomly ran into and spent their afternoon with was Julian Van Winkle. So, Wait, this guy that you went over to his house? Yeah, one of his buddies a couple weeks before. Oh, one of that. his buddies. Yeah, one of his buddies. Just mm-hmm. randomly. I mean, that's that's still pretty cool. Yeah. And he's, he's like, yeah, we go to the steakhouse. After we, by this point, we knew who he was because he had introduced himself. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we go to this really nice steakhouse. He orders a Wagyu tomahawk for about a grand. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. I think that's the story. I It could have been a fever dream. I'm sure it was maybe a little <laughs> variation of that, but yeah. still sounds pretty cool. It's good on It's good on tape, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it made sense in my head when he was telling me, but, I mean, there's a lot of shit that was just that time. It was, I remember eventually stumbling back home, and I went to bed, and I woke up, and the next morning, I'm like, I'm supposed to go see Jake and Jenna Ray today. And I am such a good friend that after two hours of an internal struggle of deciding if I should still go up or not, I still drudged my ass up there. Uh and, yeah, uh, we probably could have done without you, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it probably would have been best for everybody involved. <laughs> hmm. yeah, right, so, anyways, what else you got? Can't wait to try. Uh, last week, also Marianne Eves, the Kentucky's first female master distiller, who was the one kind of the one featured in the neat documentary with Castle and Key, and no one really knows what happens, or no one's really said publicly what happened between her and Castle and Key. Uh, but she left and her first uh, bottle is coming out uh, from her new distillery called Forbidden. So Kentucky's first female master distiller will have her whiskey hitting the shelves just in the southeast. 
And the bottle is going to be $129 retail for her, the first bottle. Hmm. I'm not sure how old it is or anything. Seems expensive, but... Yeah, it's pretty steep. She's got a new job and has shown up now in the news since, uh, for some reason, Castle and Key and her split ways. Yeah, it's very steep for a, a new brand, new release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's It better be good. I mean, if it's not good, then... They're probably shot. No one's going to yeah. try that brand again. It is a small batch five-year at 95.2 proof. Ouch. So. Is nine, I, know age, I know age doesn't necessarily mean it's good or bad, but usually know, 100, 130, 130 bucks for a five-year at 95 proof. Yeah, that's a low proof I don't know about for that, that much money, too. Yeah. Like, if it was, like, a barrel proof... And like a limited thing. How about like this watershed? Jeez. Oh yeah. <laughs> How about this watershed pick? 135 proof, 60 bucks. Just about a five year. Exclusively at Gold Eagle, right? Mm-hmm. Exclusively at Gold Eagle. <laughs> I don't know. It might be gone by the time this episode airs, but we'll see. <laughs> Your last one sold out. That's really hopeful thinking. Too. Yeah, it did, but it took like a week or two for people to actually try it and then rush back and get more. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's well, I, that actually is I don't a think, pretty decent Oh, go ahead, Dan. I say Let I don't think talk. the Forbidden's gonna show up on our on our value bourbon episode. No, I don't think so. I mean <laughs> unless it's really damn good, then maybe, but uh, I doubt it. <laughs> well, so I'm gonna use Jake's uh complete and total uh shameless plug to go ahead and talk about what I'm drinking tonight which is a gold Eagle single barrel from Ooh. new riff. Uh, the I reason about I picked picking this, this so beyond besides it just being a good whiskey, um, which this is a bourbon, by the way, if I didn't say that, um, but uh, I decided to do a barrel pick because I think barrel picks overall are some of the best value for your money. Um, Generally, they're a little bit more expensive than like the typical uh, off the shelf, uh, you know, of whatever brand the, the pick is is from. But uh, they're almost always barrel proof. And they're almost always like quality checked, you know, by somebody. Uh, so, you know, you're getting like some of the best whiskey they have people. to offer. Yeah. So, uh, that's uh, my uh, go-to for some good value is always a single barrel. Um, so that barrel beat uh, Barrelcraft Vantage in our blind tasting. Dan, what was the score of that one? I don't think I was at that one. No? No, I, well, I thought it, it was, those it was were, a pretty well, easy was a win, I thought. Oh, was it? No, I don't know. I'm just messing with you. I thought, I thought yeah, it was probably... Because you love when I bring up blind tasting results, but <laughs> it, it, it did... Probably, uh, it was probably close within like 40% of the votes of another one or something. No, it was it was closer than that. I think it was like, I don't know, 28 to 20 or something like that. Um, but it did... I mean, Barrel Vantage, Whiskey, uh, Whiskey Advocate, top three whiskey of the year, if you believe in Whiskey Advocate. Yeah. I, w- I do want to point do. out, Some though, people that don't, but... was it last week that we talked about the Whiskey Acres beating um, Booker's? Booker's. 
It was either last week or two weeks ago. Dan didn't mention once how close that vote was. <laughs> so oh, we all know yeah, where Dan's right. loyalties lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. If you ain't first, you're last, Jake. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's right. <laughs> you know what? If if either of you would have said that it came within, like, if it was like a 30 to 20 vote or something, I think everyone would have been impressed that we came that close to Booker's. The fact yeah. that oh, yeah. by yeah, one yeah. vote yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is for sure just very <laughs> impressive. Mm-hmm. Honestly, but, I was I knew it could beat it, but I was hoping for just a close battle. Um, and and mostly because I just blindly opened that Booker's. I had never tasted that Booker's before. It was the only one that I had, so I just opened it and threw it in there against the Whiskey Acres. Yeah, I. Uh... Yeah, you yeah. So I guess uh, more uh, evidence just straight water, nice. Oh, all right. So I guess there's more evidence that single barrels are worth the money when they're taking down champs like Booker's and yeah, uh, the Taylors and well, the Blantonses and the Wellers and mm-hmm. so you know, of, of course, I was my bourbon is going to be a uh, a store pick, and I also wanted to touch on like store picks in general. Um, and just overall, I think, uh, for the most part, most, most picks are drinking well above their value. Um, and going back to your point, like it's been chosen, it's been picked by someone that should know what they're doing. Um, and either way, the distillery picks those barrels out and sets them aside because they're that good. And then the stores pick from the honey barrels, essentially. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to kind of have like a, a really bad palate to screw it up, but um, it does take a lot of discipline to uh, turn down a lot of barrels and only pick what you really really love. Yeah, I think like some of my favorite whiskeys I've ever had are store picks. Um, that one whiskey acres rye comes to mind. <laughs> that was unfortunately not a gold eagle pick, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not allowed to talk about that store anymore so (laughs) but but shout out to whiskey acres i mean they're making some of the best rye locally um that's for damn sure yeah definitely and one of the whiskey acres ryes uh destroyed the uh i think it was the new riff rye yeah in one of our early blind tastings i like the, the new riff rye is actually really good too it is. It's good. Yeah. I just, I thought they were both good. And, um, yeah, the whiskey acres dominated that one. We're just always going to be a step ahead of the curve. Cause I'm pretty sure I just actually coming yeah, out man. blue heirloom corn two and oh for whiskey acres in gold Eagle blind tastings. You guys should put up a little trophy board at the distillery, <laughs> but you got to get us a trophy if you want us to <laughs> like if, some plaques. You, you, know? you can't make your own trophy and give yourself your own trophy. That is worse <laughs> than a participation trophy. <laughs> like someone well, else has like, to give you a trophy. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco Spirit Competition double gold. We have a couple Put of those. Up. Do you? We have we have two of those. Our bib bourbon I mean, and blue I'd popcorn. Be, I think are. Both I'd be more gold. prideful on a gold eagle blind tasting win. That, that's fair. San Francisco's yeah. kind of meh anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, what are you drinking, uh, Dan? I, so just to roll off of our age statement episode, I am drinking a 12-year-old whiskey. 
Um, Dan's such a hypocrite sometimes. Such a hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to say this because knob 12, it's not like always findable, but every, when I used to live in uh, the suburbs, every time I went to the Wakanda jewel about half the time they had knob 12 on the shelf. I know last time I was at Sam's, he had it just sitting out on the shelf. I think knob 12 at 60 or 65 bucks, whatever it retails at. Is it that cheap? I think it's. That's, I think I got it last time for 65. I think it was 65 because I think two years ago I got one for my dad at 60 bucks. I think it's around. I think it's gone up a little bit. Is it? No, it's it's been. Yeah, but I I mean, it's probably, I don't don't think it's over, it's not over 70. I think it's like 69.99, but either way, it's still for a 12 year bourbon. Yeah. I mean, it's for when you talk about most 12 year bourbons, they're already going to have a lot higher price tag on it. I mean, this is priced in, yes, eh, some places are 65 to 75. Mm, I'm just going to look right now what we have it for. Um, For 12 year old, usually you're going to see a lot higher price tag. There are so many four and five year old whiskeys that especially that are newer that are on the shelf at the $65, $65 range. And knob 12 at that price is, I mean, it, if just take the age statement off of it um, and just call it Knob Creek Blue Label, uh, it's going to be really compete a lot, over outcompete a lot of the six, that price range. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I actually bought but a do bottle, you feel like, it. Do you feel like, Yeah, Sorry, I was just going to say, do you feel like no. the, the value is there because of the 12-year? Or do you feel like it's there because of the actual case? I would take this without knowing it was 12-year. Because if you take the 12-year off, I don't think you would. I mean, some people... I think the reason why it's more scarce than what it probably should be or why it goes for higher on secondary is because it's 12-year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, mean, I, I like Knob Creek 9 really well too. I think the 12 year just is, I think, I think the 12 years are best expression because they have the nine, the 12, the 15. I've never tried the 18. Um, but I really like the 12 year. Um, the first one I bought, I took to my parents' house and left there for when I went back to see them. That way I could drink something good. Um, and three months later, even though I'd only been to my parents' house twice and had two pours of it, somehow the bottle was empty. <laughs> so, other people that live at that house must have uh, really enjoyed it. And one of the people that live in that house doesn't normally drink whiskey straight uh, and kept drinking this one straight. So I know that uh, my dad was a fan of it. <laughs> so when I, like, I, I think I went to Jewel and they had, like, you could get six. They didn't have six in. I think they had four. And I know Roberto wanted one. I wanted one. My dad wanted one. And then I bought another one for a friend. Um so I bought the four they had, uh, but I it's it's one of my favorite whiskeys in that price range. Did you see what you guys have it for? Or no. Yeah, we have it for seventy five. Okay, and I'll I know it's I know it's gone up like every time we've gotten it, it's like gone up a little and a little and a little. Gotcha. I was looking at a few online stores. It's from sixty five to seventy five normally if they have it in stock. Most mm-hmm. of them don't, but um, yeah. yeah. What What's funny? Even is at that, that range. It's still pretty good. What's funny is I was actually thinking about doing Dickel 15 tonight. And uh, because I'm not a hypocrite and we just did a show about age statements, I chose not to. Um, But that's in a much similar 
price bracket where it's like un- I think under seventy dollars as well, right, Jake? Yeah, I mean we have some right now for sixty five bucks for fifteen. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like it's an excellent whiskey, and, um, and for it's that a very price point, low, it's unbeatable. It's a very low barrel proof, but it's still barrel proof, and mm-hmm. it's almost like unheard of how they can have a fifteen year on the shelf for sixty five bucks in the bourbon world. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth the price. I think the problem with Dickel is some people see the Dickel name on it and just think it's gonna be bad Tennessee whiskey and don't buy it. And that's why Yeah, there's there's obviously a huge negative connotation towards Dickel. Um, but um you can get really, really good fourteen plus uh barrels out of Dickel. Um not all of them are gonna be good, but you can find some really, really good ones. Once they hit that fourteen, fifteen year range, they kind of start to turn. Yeah. And it's not that like when we say that we do make the jokes about the, the age statements from last week, we never really said that over or old age bourbons are bad or or better necessarily than no, good no, no. whiskeys. It's just there's you a can't lot judge of hype a bourbon around. by the age. Right. You gotta there's a lot judge of hype bourbon around. by how it tastes. Yeah. It's it's got if it's older it's got to be good. Um, I do like this much better than the Knob Nine, but I still like Knob Nine, especially Knob Nine single barrels that you can find all the time at Gold Eagle because they do a couple of Knob Creek barrel picks a year. So that's a great transition. There's a nice uh, little plug for you there, Jake. <laughs> yeah, and a perfect transition for me. As you guys know, we don't really plan too much. We just kind of hop on here and chat. Um, I also picked Knob Creek, specifically a Gold Eagle single barrel. <laughs> uh, Knob Creek is one of those brands where um, I get I get a lot of questions or a lot of people ask me like, "What's what's your favorite? What's your go to?" Um, and I usually stick with Knob Creek for that answer because the regular small batch is less than forty bucks, hundred proof, nine year. Um, single barrels are probably my favorite. I like them typically better than the 12 year, 15 and 18 year. Cause I do like that extra proof, um, and just kind of differential characteristics that they carry. Um, but even, you know, even with the 12 year and the 15 year, I see a lot of value with that age statement. If you really do want something, um, with more Oak and something that carries that number of a decent age. And I think the 12 and 15 are good. And I really don't, like the 18 at all i think once it gets that old it just gets a little too like smoky um musty and just not in a good way um i really didn't care for the 18 at all and to reference another blind tasting it got smoked by uh dixon deadman's 2xo that That's one kind was of like, a little that one was like that 30 34 no i didn't but that one was like 34 votes to 10 so that was a a big landslide that was a landslide so yeah. I said so I've heard a lot of shit talking about the knob 18. So I think uh, I've been saving a few different bottles as options for when I finish my MBA in a few weeks. Mm. So I think I'm going to open the 18 on the show that week when okay. I'm done. And then we'll Hell yeah. uh, we'll assess it. And if it sucks, I'm going to be really disappointed and I'll probably open the Parkers or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you can, if you can think to open it a little early and bring us a sample, that'd be cool to all taste it. I have not, uh, I haven't tasted it uh, except for in that blind against the two XO. So it was just like a half ounce, but I did think it was overly smoky and overly aged um, for my liking. 
Yeah, it's I I mean when we talked we talked about it last week obviously with the age statements and things, but it's at a certain point you start to lose the barrel notes and you're just getting the char now. Um and when you start to lose the mm-hmm. that 12 to 15 is kind of that's basic. I think I don't think I have anything older than 15. But it's that 12 to 15 range you're getting more of the vanilla marshmallow um, and then as after the next flavor evolution is that goes away and it's, it's this char at that point. Yeah. I let it go last week, but it really hurt when Jake said that my favorite whiskey was total garbage. <laughs> what was, which one? Elijah 18. <laughs> oh, come on. That oh no, I do. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, ninety proof for a hundred and sixty bucks and hard to find and it's really flavorful. I mean, there's the, and I, there's I a like reason. That, is, that, is it? And that doesn't talk about anything with the flavor, Jake. That's just things that you read on the label that you're judging against. I don't. I've really. tasted it plenty of times. <laughs> and which Jake are you talking to? You. Yeah, I got. Yeah, it. Yes. that's what I he's got to change a name sometime. This is. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've tasted it. I've tasted it plenty of times. I know they're all single barrel. They're all different. Um, I I will say it's probably one of the best ninety proof whiskeys or bourbons that I've tried. Um, but I just can't find myself to spend hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy bucks on a on a ninety proof. I. I, I think I've talked about this a couple times, um, but it's my favorite because uh, it hits all the notes that I really like in bourbon, which are those like old char wood, like dark fruit kind of notes. Um, so that's why it's, it's, it's up but, for me. But see, but, don't, don't you find that in the barrel proof in the, in the 12 year, which just dropped the 12 year age statement, but um, the, I mean, the main reason why I don't really like the 18 is because I think the 12 year is so good and it's half the price. Oh yeah. I mean, I, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not like dead sold on that being my favorite bourbon. Cause I can tell it's offending you, but <laughs> <laughs> oh no hey, don't man. don't don't take it back because you offended somebody jesus I, mean, I, 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 I like it as as we say at all the tastings there's no right or wrong answer if you like it then you like it that's you know like yeah, it's you it's can't be wrong a... for saying that's your favorite bourbon if that's what your palate likes and like you said it hits different notes and tones that you enjoy um and that's there's nothing wrong with that yeah i've had two different bottles and i didn't notice that much difference between the two of them um so it seems like they're fairly consistent um but yeah i I just really enjoy it but i i didn't get that uh, interested in trying that knob 18 and seeing how that stacks against it um because it from what i've heard it's very very different um but it is a little bit higher proof than the, the elijah craig so if you didn't pick that up, Jake, what what other Jake was saying was that there's no wrong answer. There's just whatever you like and being a tater. <laughs> <laughs> so True. so you can like it, but he's just going to refer to you as a tater for it. That's all. That's all he was saying. <laughs> I don't know. I know Jake's not a tater. He actually 
tries and enjoys. I know. Knows what's good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I, just to circle back on the topic, I also kind of wanted to touch on, you know, why I picked Knob Creek. Um, I think all the, the major distilleries down there, the ones that, you know, are, are large and have been around for a long time and have the inventory of a ton of bourbon are all great value brands. Wild Turkey, everything from that distillery, you know, the 101 for 22 bucks gets overlooked all the time. Um, Russell's tenure for 35 bucks. If that was, I mean, Buffalo Trace uh, has Eagle Rare and same thing, tenure, 90 proof. Um, but impossible to find because they mastered the marketing. Um, I think Russell's tenure is just as good, if not better, in certain cases. Um, and it's got all the same stats, easy to find. Um, Old Forester, too, they have that whole Whiskey Row series that's all around 50 bucks. Those drink well mm-hmm. above their value. Same with their you know, standard 90 proof and 100 proof options. Um, and then obviously Heaven Hill with JTS Brown, Elijah Craig, um, Barton with very old Barton and 1792. Um, so there's a lot of good value brands out there and you definitely don't need to spend a lot of money to get a really, really good bourbon, which is kind of the, the great thing about the whole boom and all these other mm. newer craft distilleries popping up. Um, cause it just gives us so much, so many options and so many different, uh, you know, quantities and quality out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's I, like a mini follow up to this. I want to do a, uh, a a budget episode where mm, we all yeah. three of us get like a hundred dollars, and we have to maximize that budget with the mm, best whiskey. That's a good idea. And, and I'll pick uh, no limit on the number of bottles, but it just has the total mm-hmm. has to be under a hundred dollars. That's a great idea. We talked about this once before. We never did it, but I already know I'm going to win because I have the winning solution. <laughs> I was going to go. What do you mean? What I was going to do with my $100 is go to my boy Sam and some of the stuff that's on his tasting shelves. It's got this much stuff in it. I'm just going to. Uh, no, bottles. that doesn't, that doesn't and, count. And then have like <laughs> sealed bottles. bottles. Sealed yeah. bottles. <laughs> and then I'm just going to smoke the crap out of you guys. <laughs> like, this is, this is big brain plays, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> sealed I'm, bottles only. I'm the Bill Belichick of rules. If it doesn't state it specifically, <laughs> then I'll find a way around it. I mean, we have a sealer at the at, at the office. I can go put a sealer seal the thing on it. Like that's. I, th- that's I thought you were going to say you're just going to go poke into one of the barrels at the distillery and fill up a, a jug. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a bad idea either. <laughs> No, it's, I mean, we've talked about value stuff all the time, which is good, but I mean, like, I, the, the, oh, I haven't bought, what, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. We Next. have to, we have to plug Jepson's before we forget. Okay. Oh, Best yeah, value bourbons. Too. We have to plug Jepson's. I was going to go old Grand Ed 114 was what I was going to I mean, with. that's, yeah, that's part of the Jim Beam uh, portfolio, like all those bourbons are amazing value. Um, which old granddad, by the way, is basically the same thing as Basil Hayden, but a third of the price. Cause it doesn't have a, a fancy apron on its bottle. Um, but yeah, Jepson's, I mean, six year barrel proof MGP for 40 bucks. And I think now they're on to like seven year, almost eight year. And their price is still, uh, 50 bucks for a bottle. 
Um, but yeah, sorry to cut you off, Dan. But no, I just no, didn't I... forget Jepsons. I saw it behind Jake. Yeah, I was like, yeah. gotta plug them. Jepsons, uh, JTS Brown in that same price range, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff. Well, That's JTS Brown's like twenty bucks. Yeah, JTS is dirt cheap. <laughs> Eighteen ninety nine for a bottled and bond Heaven Hill Bourbon. Yeah, oh, is we, that cheaper uh... than Mellow Corn? Uh, no, I think Melicorn's like sixteen ninety nine. No, last time I saw Melicorn on a shelf at at a at a store not to be named, it was at really bucks. Yeah. All right, well, let's check the Gold Eagle. It's brutal. And they they had black screw caps on it, not the gold screw caps on it. And it's I don't maybe know maybe the maybe the price went up because I don't think yeah. we got those black screw caps in yet. But um, I was actually talking to my Heaven Hill rep today because, uh, by the way, I'm going to Kentucky um, tomorrow, leaving at 8 in the morning. Um, and part of that Kentucky trip is uh, barrel-proof Elijah Craig pick. Um, Ooh, nice. And uh, so I was t- yeah, so I was talking to my Heaven Hill rep, and I asked him about mellow corn picks and um, – Rittenhouse picks because I've heard rumblings about that, and he kind of confirmed. He said Melocorn looks like it might not actually happen, but the Rittenhouse probably will happen uh, soon or like early next year at the latest. Um, nice. So I'm hoping we can get one of those picks. But we do have seven bottles left of Melocorn at seventeen ninety nine, um, and I'm sure that when we reorder, the price probably went up. That's why the store who cannot be named. Is $19.99. All I know is if you do a mellow corn barrel pick, that the whole pallet will might as well just be shipped down to San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto. Because <laughs> Roberto will want every single bottle. God. We'll see if he uh if he reaches out, if he's listening. To the podcast, oh, no, he, he he, actually, he's like he's like me. He doesn't listen to our own podcast. Really? <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Me? I don't really either. But <laughs> I I know. I you know what I listen to? Bourbon Pursuit. No, me you too. don't. You <laughs> <laughs> I listen to other bourbon podcasts, but not oh, ours. God. I remember what we talked about. I don't need to go back and re-listen. <laughs> we marked it too much for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we do <laughs> we gotta all right we, we now have like two things that cannot be named yeah <laughs> that the podcast and the that store and the podcast the, the worst, the be worst podcast ever made and <laughs> <laughs> the big box liquor store <laughs> and yeah the worst liquor store <laughs> oh whoa hot take hot take oh so i i actually i got some news um just to toss in here. So have you guys heard of uh, keg and bottle? No. Mm-mm. So I heard about them from the podcast that cannot be named. Um, it's a San, <laughs> it's a San Diego liquor store. Um, but it's, a, it's kind of a cool concept. Um, so their ceilings are like 30 feet tall and the shelves go all the way up. And a lot of their high end bottles are on the upper shelves and you need to ask someone to get up on the ladder and bring it all down. Um, but they're opening one, uh, in, uh, in like Glenview or Glen Ellen, one of the Glens, um, out here. Uh, speaking of Glens, we were talking about that before the podcast with all the (laughs) distilleries in Scotland, but yeah, so they're opening one out here and that's one that I'm, I'm actually excited to go see one of 
probably the only time I can remember a store where I was this excited to go check out just for its like unique concept. And I don't really want to plug them too much on, on live recording, but <laughs> when you say hi, I guess we'll see. Stuff, we'll like, I just, I just went to their page. Uh, so I don't, yeah, pictures. I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. Um, that's just what I would kind of assume. Cause why would you make, you know, most of your shelf unreachable? Do you see pictures of them? Yeah, on their website. And then they also, their their landing page had four different bottles of things that are rare. Good news, one of them has is having a sale right now. So you can get the McKellen Fine and Rare 1950 Scotch Whiskey for $5,000 off right now for the value price of $54,999.99. I'm looking at that. The Valvini 50 for $49,999. Yikes. Um, I mean, I don't know if they actually have these bottles. Like, that is a ton of inventory to sit on for one, uh, for one bottle. Like a ton of take. Just that's that's insane. <laughs> yeah, nothing more. Nothing yeah. says nice more than the, uh, and yeah, all four of those are above thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah. Um. Hmm, let's see. Do they have pictures of the inside, though? Yeah, you can see them on the front. Um, is it on the scroll? Or if you scroll down a little bit, you can see some. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks like a like some something you'd find in like Scotland. Looks like a higher end liquor barn. Nothing that not that liquor yeah, barn. Yeah, like a, low a end, library just, of liquor. Yeah, I mean you can see the ladder in the one picture. Hmm. So yeah, cool. Um, just kind of interesting that they only have a couple stores in San Diego and just opened up one store here. Um, just don't I mean, spend I'm go too check much it time out. there. No, definitely not. Don't spend anything there. <laughs> just just a little a little bit of time. Nothing else. <laughs> Come hey, back hey, to Gold Eagle with requests. Yeah. I, I will say, if you are a tater and are listening, they do have the Pappy Van Winkle combo pack of six bottles mm-hmm. of the 10, the 12, the 15, the 18, the 23, and the rye on sale. So, that, so that's how they can... Yeah. It's it's on sale for $1,000 off. Much. It's only $21,999.99. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's how they can afford to have all these high-end expensive bottles in their inventory. Because they're flipping most yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, there's a in San Diego, you can probably get away with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, if they open it in a nice suburb like Libertyville or something, they could probably get away with it, too. Actually, don't quote me on this, but I thought they got in trouble on the podcast I was listening to for having, like, a fake bottle or something. Oh, yeah. They didn't, they didn't know about it. it. It was... No, you know what? That wasn't it. I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade. Um, it was someone. One of their employees was like stealing, like pallets from them. Oh, just of like random vodkas and stuff. Hey, we we talked yeah, about. I knew, that, I knew there was some kind a of while trouble. Yeah, like that's a growing problem in the secondary market. Hmm. So yeah, buy it. Which I'm, honestly, I'm surprised from it's a I'm reputable su- dealer. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not a bigger problem. Because um, I, I don't know when you think about it, like it's probably not that hard to get these empties 
um, if you know a, a bar or have a connection or just all the time on your hands to duplicate a label, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, so if you I don't put know, a, if you put a special bottle of special reserve into a Pappy 12, how many people are really going to be able to tell the difference? Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously some people will, but most of the people that have the money to just buy bottles secondary, like they don't, they don't really have a, a palette. They're just buying it to just a showboat and show yeah. people that they have it. It's probably going to sit on their shelf for forever, you know? Mm -hmm. Whiskey doesn't belong in a shelf. It belongs in a gut. I thought you were going to say in a museum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like the type of person that goes to museums, Jake? No. <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Like, let's be honest. All right. Final thoughts on uh, maximizing value. So my final thought would be uh, stick to the the big distilleries that have been there for a while. If you really want the best value, but don't let that take away from exploring like smaller crafty brands, um, especially local distilleries as well, because um, you get a lot of, a lot of differences and a lot of value in like a different way when you try smaller brands. So yeah, yep. kind of depends what you're looking for. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of, uh, what I guess you consider craft distilleries that are starting to put out things that are at that, like more like medium level price point that are pretty accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, yeah, that, that's I mean, also a great place to look. Yeah. Most of the time you, you are going to pay a little more for like a smaller distillery craft brand. Um, but you know, you're adding a lot of value to the community there. You're supporting, uh, you know, probably a family local business. Um, or Dan. so there, there's a lot of, or Dan, um, you know, <laughs> let him just drink whiskey and talk on podcasts for the rest of his life. And he'll, <laughs> yeah. he'll be a happy man. Um, but no, yeah, don't, don't take, you know, there, obviously there's a ton of 20 to $25 bottles from big distilleries that taste really, really good, but don't let that stop you from exploring other options, especially when it comes to smaller, craftier brands, because we're going to see yeah. a lot of them in the next couple of years. Yes, we are. Yeah, no, it's kind of like age statement. Price tag doesn't always mean more is better. Um, but again, it's all just trying different things. Like don't, don't get stuck with what the taters go after. Don't do all this stuff. Try different things. You'll find stuff and find that there's a lot better value out there than some of the things that are going on. I mean, I mean, even, I mean, so much stuff that if you're a true tater and are going after second market, secondary market for a lot of these things, you're paying way more than 65, 70 bucks for a knob 12, which is, again, you not easy to find, but not impossible to find, but yep, that's what I would say. So yeah. Single barrels where it's at. I'm looking forward to that hazmat sequel. It's going to be a good one. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to get cold again so I can keep drinking mine. I didn't drink coffee today because it was too hot in the morning. So <laughs> save it, man. Save it. We're I know. Gonna, it's, hopefully it's... we'll make this into like a series and have, five of them, six of them, and you can line them all up and do a little blind. I don't know. I think I'll save mine up. for a museum. 
Well, all right, no, all right. Go well, to the plugs. <laughs> go to the plugs. Get the plugs in. Uh, GoldEagleWine.com. When is when is when is like actual delivery coming? And not uh, just, like, what do you mean? We deliver. When, when can well, I buy a bottle? I mean, we deliver within 15 miles. We are. We've been going back and forth nonstop with UPS, trying to uh, have all, both of our lawyers on the same page um with giving us the green light to start shipping so it's probably just going to be to like one or two other states including all throughout illinois um but dan come on man you can just buy bottles we'll hold it in back for you just like we do for everyone and then you come pick it up when you're in town i hate coming up there (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna come out to the distillery soon so I know. Yeah. Or I can you just deliver. drag ass and then Jake tells people, oh, you want to see what I have in the back? And he gives away all your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, we never do that. We have people that come once a year and pick up boxes and boxes. But yeah, goldeaglewine.com. Uh, we're going to start shipping soon to a few other states. So if you're in another state, let us know where you're from. Um, and Instagram, Gold Eagle Wine, Facebook, Gold Eagle Spirits. And Go. Bourbon Matters. You can find us at Bourbon Matters on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, listen to us on Spotify. You can also now watch us on Spotify. Um, and you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts and watch us on YouTube. Like, share, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Talk shit. Give Jake something to do. Look forward to. Yeah, for <laughs> real. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.